The Denver Broncos held their end-of-the-year press conference with head coach Sean Payton, GM George Payton, and team CEO Greg Penner. What were the main takeaways that we got from that? We'll break it all down here on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The door is still open for Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson to return in 2024, according to Broncos head coach Sean Payton, GM George Payton. But is there much room for that to happen? We'll break it all down here in today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast every day for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite football team. Now, even though the offseason is here, Broncos country, for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Stay with us every single day, all year long, as we bring you up through the NFL free agency period, through the draft, and also OTAs, mini camp, training camp, and then the next season will be here before you know it. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Sarah, we got to hear from Broncos head coach Sean Payton, GM George Payton, and obviously team CEO Greg Penner for their end-of-the-year press conference. This year was a little different than what we were accustomed to last season because Denver did have a head coach this time last year when this whole thing went down. So, I mean, last year was a little bit more of a firmness, a little bit of a hand-wringing thing going on. This year was more, I think, reflective. I think the setting was, looking back on the season, it wasn't what the Broncos had hoped for, but internally the team and the front office believes that they were heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think one thing that we just heard as we're kind of recording right on the heels of those press conferences, right? So one thing that I just heard CEO Greg Penner say that I think really stands out about what Sean Payton was able to do for this team. We talked about the fact that he, he set a culture that has has brought a new floor to where the Broncos can be as a team competitive wise. And I think that was really important after we saw the team hit a really low, low under Nathaniel Hackett. And that was that's something they want to avoid as this ownership group of this team. They wanted somebody to come in and reset the culture to say, hey, even in a bad year, this is about as bad as it's going to get, right? Because the Broncos didn't have a great year. They lost nine games in 2023. But I think Greg Penner feels like that's kind of like just the the base. That's the, that's the floor. That's the new floor for this team, right? Whereas last year we saw, I mean, the floor was completely destroyed from underneath the organization. So I think you talk about, yes, you want a championship standard to remain in Denver. Of course, everyone does. But at the same time, resetting the floor for the organization, I think, was important. And you could see that all three of these, I mean, Sean Payton, George Payton, Greg Penner, all in agreement that the floor, I think, has been reset for this team. And the brain trust doesn't appear like it's going to change. I mean, all indications, George Payton is going to be back. I mean, Greg Penner talked about how, he was very pleased with how well that Sean and George worked together. Sean talked about how great of a relationship that he and George have. George talked about how great of a relationship he and Sean have, vice versa. And there's a lot of collaboration going on. I think that was the word that was really used to describe it here. 
Now, obviously, the Broncos finishing eight and nine. That's not the standard of Broncos country. Greg Penner acknowledged that. Sean Payton, George Payton, those guys all acknowledge that, hey, that, that's not where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in the postseason conversation here as they were preparing for Wild Card Weekend. Greg Penner did say something that was interesting as well. You know, he said, you know, we were at eight and nine. He said, next year, I expect us to have more than eight wins. So that's kind of, hey, Greg Penner coming in and saying, look, we got to get more than eight wins next season. That is the expectation in his eyes. What will the Broncos do in the meantime this offseason to get them on a trajectory to get to more than eight wins next season? I'm very curious to see how that goes. But for Sean Payton, very reflective. I mean, it was a 27-minute long press conference. And I think the overall vibe that I got from it, I, I think for, for me, he gathered that there was a lot of things that need to go on here. Now, obviously, they're going to be off for a week. They're going to come back and then player personnel, coaching personnel, like they're going to look at coaching staff and everything along those lines here before making any decisions or changes, which I think is a great movie. He says you take the emotion out of the season ending, you come back with some logical thinking ahead. I think that's exactly where Denver has to be in this situation. And even Sean himself was very reflective of things he felt like he could have done better as well as the head coach. Right, exactly. I mean, he pinpointed a number of things, taking accountability, as a lot of people feel like he doesn't do, right? Which we we see that in our mentions quite often. I feel like that Sean Payton doesn't take accountability, but he really does. I mean, he, he talks about his own shortcomings, and he was not pleased with his own play sequencing when it comes to the tight red zone. He said the Broncos weren't good enough on third down. He talked about needing to get his eyes fixed, right? So, I mean, he's out there. He, he knows. He's self-aware. Even without going back through the whole season, I think he's already self-aware of things that could have been better. And I think it was very intentional, Cody, that he brought up the that he was not pleased with the way they were in tight goal-to-go situations because ultimately you could boil down the, the team making and missing the playoffs on a tight goal-to-go situation against the Houston Texans a few weeks ago. So I think definitely Sean Payton understands right where, where the Broncos fell short, especially offensively, which is ultimately one of his great responsibilities, not pleased with the third down offense. And, and I think that something else that was interesting that he said, Cody, he brought up the fact that a number of playoff teams are among the NFL's leaders in dead cap space. And he was quick to say that doesn't mean that we're going to have a lot. I'm just, you know, he's just pointing that out. Kind of an interesting thing, though, for him to be cognizant of as we get towards this point and, and fork in the road potentially with Russell Wilson, that dead money, a lot of other Broncos players that could be on the move in 2024. Yeah, and, and look, obviously, we'll dive a little bit deeper into that when we get to George Payton because I felt George had a great explanation as to where things are at from a projection standpoint for Denver financially going into this season in terms of decisions that they're going to make. Uh, but another thing as well, I'll be very curious to see here in the next week, two weeks, Sarah, is when Sean Payton was hired, one thing he said when hiring coaches is you got to, you know, uh, quick to hi- uh, slow to hire, quick to fire in a sense. Does Denver make any coaching staff changes this year? Like, I'm very curious to see, like, in your opinion, could you estimate if I'm putting you on the hot seat right now, I can't think right now of one position that Denver would necessarily make a change with right now in terms of replacing a coach. I I just don't see it. I think that there's areas where they obviously got better. I I don't know. I don't. do Do you get the vibe that Denver could be making any staff changes here outside of guys maybe getting requested for interviews? 
I think the big one is defensive coordinator, just because I think you evaluate the season on the whole. And I would have loved to to know where Sean Payton is at with this. Maybe we'll hear from him at the senior bowl, or maybe we'll have to wait for the combine to hear his thoughts on this. But how do you yeah, weigh this entire season, right? That's when we'll hear from him again. Yeah, so he'll stay uh, out of the media's eye at the senior bowl. But I think with with the defense this season, you look at those first six games and how bad they were and the final four or five games, how bad those were with that eight or nine week stretch in between there. And how do you weigh that? How do you weigh a decision? Like, is there a candidate out there that you feel could be substantially better? Or do you feel like there's something to build on with Vance Joseph? We know the players like VJ, right? I mean, they, they did back when he was the head coach as well. But at the same time, do you feel like there's a better alternative? Do you feel like that's in the best interest of the team to keep Vance around? And in speaking of this kind of setting a new floor, do you feel like there's a chance that that kind of bottoming out could happen again next year? Or was it mostly player personnel? So there's a lot to be weighed in that discussion. But I think that would be the biggest one, like you said, outside of guys getting plucked by other organizations. Well, as Gary Kubiak said, we're fixing to find out here probably in the next two weeks' time here. We'll have updates for you every single day, every step of the way here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. We'll get to some of George Payton's comments, including you know his thoughts on the whole negotiation process with Russell Wilson's agent and where things kind of went with that. The organization's stance on that. We'll share our thoughts here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. Can't imagine a more helpless feeling than a loved one or someone's kids getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to create a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among other stuff. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. Once again, go to jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. Today's Lockdown Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks and Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done the right way. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skill you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return on the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So make sure you check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. 
George Payton seems to be safe as the rumors have swirled around him and his future with the Denver Broncos organization, whether or not he could work well with head coach Sean Payton going forward. We're going to discuss that dynamic, the Broncos ownership's perception on that dynamic, how these two can fit together moving forward, and what George Payton said about Russell Wilson and the now infamous situation during the Broncos bye week. But want to say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate every single one of you making us part of your day, however you choose to do so, free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube, where you can watch the show, engage in the comment section, and join other members of Broncos country in the discussion right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, very insightful stuff from General Manager George Payton. Always love hearing from him. Always love seeing him represent the old school logo up there at the podium. He's a, a man of the people. There's no doubt about it. And, and George has come under a lot of fire, hasn't he, over the last year, I would say, just because that Russell Wilson trade, his biggest swing as a NFL general manager, hasn't really worked out up to this point, and now he's kind of having to face the music for that. But I think that really, I mean, this was a great job from him at kind of outlining that whole situation, the cap situation going forward, and the fact that, man, they're confident they can still be flexible even if they do have to cross that uh, bridge. And I think that's the most important part about it, right? Like you have to have flexibility. We've been sitting here talking about like, oh, oh how's Denver going to be, you know, in a position to where if they need to make, sign players, how are they going to be able to do it? And a lot of that dead cap conversation came up in the press conference. And the reality is, is like those guys, Richard Tottle, George Payton, they've created a plan. And of course, they're not going to tell us what the hell that plan is. And why would they? That's not their job. Their job is to carry it out, not to tell us what we want to hear. We want answers. We want it now. It doesn't work that way, even though I know Broncos country wants it that way. And sure, sure it would be nice for them to tell us what their plan was, because then it makes things easier for us to outline what to anticipate along the way here. But that's not how the NFL business side of things works here. Uh, but the thing that he, he said as well as they have a plan that gives them flexibility. Now he, he, he came out outright and said, Hey, during that first wave of NFL free agency, we're not going to be as active as we were last year. And obviously Denver was very active with the guys that they got Ben powers, Mike McGlinchey, big time deals there. They're not going to be doing those types of deals, but they said that they're going to be in a position to make moves, to get players that they believe that they need and that they will have to bring on. But I felt like something was very interesting, right? Because we talk so much about depth. Depth is a conversation that gets brought up here on the show so much. From a philosophical standpoint, I 110% agree with George Payton on what he said. He said, you don't go out and you don't buy your depth. You have to draft, you have to develop it. And that's been a great emphasis for him since he's come on as general manager. And we're seeing that with a lot of the guys that the Broncos have. And that's not even touching yet on the rookie roster that he obviously got with Sean Payton this past draft class. Yeah, and he was really complimentary of that draft class. I mean, he said they view Riley Moss as a future starter at corner, which I think a lot of people are scoffing at, which is funny to me because, man, guys are not allowed to learn for a year in the NFL. and They're not allowed to learn on the job. He called Riley Moss one of the team's uh, best special teams players this year, if not yep. the best, and very complimentary of him. And I just think, Cody, as a quick aside, not even with my Iowa Hawkeyes glasses on, it's frustrating that that fans don't see that potential in Riley Moss or see the investment that was made in him and believe that he can be a starter in the NFL just because he wasn't an immediate starter as a rookie. Yeah. That's a ridiculous expectation to heap on young players. And, and 
folks might be surprised to hear he was very complimentary of JL Skinner, Alex Forsyth. And he mentioned like, we see things in practice that you don't all see every single day. And we're evaluating these guys in that big picture. So they have tapes for days. They have tape. They have, they know these guys personally, they know their work habits. They see how they're progressing in the film room. I mean, there's so much information that we don't know that when that's why it's so valuable to listen when guys like George Payton speak about specific players. I wish we could have heard more from Sean Payton on specific players. I know he's going to evaluate the season and all that and be eager to hear from him on that. But I mean, he's talking about Riley Moss. He said, Alex Forsyth, they believe that he can be a, a starter at center in the NFL. And he didn't even say future starter. He just said, we believe he's a starting center in the NFL. And what does that mean potentially for upcoming free agent Lloyd Cushenberry? So a juicy interview from uh, from George Payton, if we can say it that way, right? I think it was really good stuff. And I agree with you, Cody. Uh, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, right? So if you got rookies to replace, if you got guys on rookie contracts to replace, it's exactly what he's talking about, building depth from within. Well, and they also still have Luke Wattenberg, who he and Alex Forsythe, they're locker buddies. They sit right next to each other. I've had great conversations, especially when Oregon and Washington reply, and I kind of stirred the pot a little bit there. But, I mean, yeah, I think that this is a sign, too. I mean, this is also part of that whole flexibility part. Like, if Denver financially has to be in a position, like Riley Moss himself said that his goal next year in, in the post-end of the locker room press conference that he did is to start. He wants to start opposite of PS2 next year. I thought, you know, there were a couple reps he had at cornerback on the outside just watching him. And look, I, I he's got good footwork. He's gotten better. The biggest thing that derailed Riley Moss this season, Sarah, and it's not his fault, it was having the core muscle surgery that he had happen in training camp, and he missed most of it. Didn't even get to play in the preseason. Like, people don't understand. He essentially was robbed from a circum- by a circumstance out of his control from being able to put his name in the hat at cornerback two this year for Denver. And so now he's going to get a chance going into next season. I think that there's a really good shot that he's probably going to be the favorite to start at cornerback opposite of Pat. I mean, that's what the coaching staff's vision is. They want to bring him along alongside Jaquan McMillan. We'll see what the, what the move is here for Denver. But uh, overall, I felt like George Payton said a lot of things here. And as you mentioned at the beginning of this segment, George is a guy who's come under a lot of fire by Broncos country. But I think people don't realize like there's this narrative and there's this myth out there that he's just going to just answer to Sean Payton. I don't think people remember what Greg Penner said last year. George and Sean will both answer to Greg. Greg ultimately will have final say. Now, Greg in a press conference today did say George makes the decisions on contracts, negotiations, acquiring players. But both he and Sean Payton collaborate on those things. So Sean and George collaborate on, hey, we're gonna if we we're interested in this player, is the vision right? If they don't agree, they don't bring that player onto the roster. I think that's the one thing that also was made very, very clear in the press conference that we had this afternoon. Now, another thing as well, and Greg said it, Sean's job is to coach and to help get this team to wins. That's the number one thing, managing the football, the preparation side of it. So nothing's really changed with George Payton's job. These guys, as I've mentioned, and I've told people this, they have a great relationship. They talk multiple times throughout the day. They're very, very at the hip with this process. And Sean likes George and George likes Sean. So not going to see a change there as much as Broncos country wants to be angry at somebody and wants somebody to take the fall. So like I said, George is staying on. That's a good sign here for the Broncos. But they also gave us some insight as well about probably the biggest thing that we're asking ourselves about this question. Is the door still open for a return for Russell Wilson? According to Peyton and Peyton, there's a very real possibility that could be a chance here for the Broncos this offseason. We'll dive deeper into that here on today's episode 
of Locked On Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're doing right already. Maybe you're finally organized at one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you can actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. And life doesn't come with a manual. It doesn't tell us what to do in certain situations. And sometimes that can become very overwhelming in times in the past. I've used better help and I've found it very convenient that I was able to fill out a form, get connected to a therapist in minutes, a licensed therapist, by the way. And on top of that, if I didn't vibe with that therapist, I could change at any time at no extra cost to myself. It was beneficial for me as I worked through some of the personal challenges that I had last year. And I did it all through BetterHelp Therapy. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, real quick, Broncos country, want to say thank you once again for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We have you covered all throughout the entire offseason, so make sure you never miss out on an episode of Lockdown Broncos as we look to bring an objective point of view on all sides of the coin as it pertains to the roster construction, some of the potential changes this team could be facing here in the next couple of weeks. We'll have you covered. We'll break it down. We'll have season recaps. We'll allow you to get in on voting for end-of-the-year awards in terms of lockdown Broncos, in terms of players, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. That stuff's coming up, and we have you covered here on the show. But with that said, Broncos country, one thing that we got out of the end-of-the-year press conference on Tuesday in Dove Valley, there is an opportunity. The door's still open for Russell Wilson to return here in 2024, and certainly there's going to be a lot of people that are excited about that. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be angry about it. I'm sure we're going to get the whole spectrum in our YouTube comment section or on social media, but there is a real chance that Russ can be back. I think so much is dependent upon how do both sides feel about each other and what is the plan going forward. I think it's a very interesting development coming out of Tuesday's presser, to be honest with you, Sarah. It is, Cody. I mean, obviously, like Russell Wilson is guaranteed $39 million for 2024. So, I mean, right there gives you a clear indication that, hey, if we can make this work, if football-wise, if it makes sense, like let's let's try to find a way to make it work. The hang-up right now is obvious. It's it's the fact that the Broncos don't necessarily want to guarantee Russell Wilson $37 million for 2025 and obviously during the bye week, he was approached in what George Payton, Payton says were negotiations in good faith. And no, he, I, I think he's kind of seemed to imply, Cody, he didn't, I don't think he directly said, I'll have to look back at the transcripts just about the, the whole threat vernacular that was made. It, it seemed like from his perspective, those, you know, those negotiations happened. They didn't agree to terms and then everybody kind of just moved on and went along with the season. So I mean, from that vantage point, you understand the Broncos' perspective. I mean, with the way that Russell Wilson has played in his first two seasons, and he's been guaranteed over 80-some-odd million dollars, you can understand that that the team doesn't want to necessarily guarantee another 75-plus million dollars to the guy. I mean, it's, 
I, I don't know how you could not see that based on the way that he's playing. So if you're watching the games, if you're paying attention, and the fact that the Broncos approached him about that should be the clearest indicators that, man, they're kind of in the right in that situation. But it's also Russell Wilson's right to decline. And so can that relationship be repaired a little bit, right? Can can they get back to the negotiating table and come to an agreement on something is there common ground? I think it's kind of funny. Like the media perception is like Sean Payton is the bad cop and George Payton's got to be the good cop, you know, and it kind of feels like that way when when you're talking about the way that these two approach Russell Wilson over the course of the season. But man, to me, Cody, I think you have to leave the door open when you've already committed $39 million to a guy. You got to at least leave it open a sliver until everybody says, you know, we're drawing our line here. Either you go past it or we go past it. And and if we don't, we're going to have to part ways. Yeah. And Sean Payton even said he had a 30 minute conversation with Russell Wilson. They sat down and they talked yesterday. So the question here is, OK, hey, like if you weren't very happy with the guy or you guys aren't weren't on good terms, like you're going to actually sit in a room and talk for 30 minutes about the future. I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. So this is where things get very, very interesting. And and even like George himself said, he talked to Russ and Russ said that he's open to returning here in 2024. Russ even said that he'd love to be back here in Denver and so I think there's just a little bit of maybe a, a, a an olive branch at some point that needs to come together. Obviously, it has to do with the contract. That's the biggest thing because the extension is actually going to kick in in the new league year. That's when the whole thing actually begins. So that's where Denver wanted to get ahead of that a little bit. And I understand, like, as you mentioned, is the Broncos right to ask? And it was Russ's right to say no. And from this point, where where does Denver go here at this point, right? Because if Russ does come back, I mean, Sarah, I think it changes the entire optics and maybe how we view 2024 as in what are the Broncos going to do to build even further around Russ, right? What, what does it say that you benched him for the final two weeks of the regular season? Obviously, I think the injury guarantee is probably the biggest thing that has to do with that, right? I know Sean Payton said it was a spark, but to be honest with you, there wasn't much of a spark from the change that was made there. So it was mainly, I think, a financial decision. So for me, if Russ is back, what does that look like here for Denver in 2024? That to me is a huge, huge question I think is very valid to ask at this point. It's kind of a rabbit trail that not a lot of people have gone down, right? Because it's already seems to be predetermined in everybody's minds that, all right, we're going in the post-Russell Wilson era here. And of course, we could still be, I mean, they could just be saying the things that they're saying to keep that, uh, the optics, mm -hmm. you know, for the, from the media's perspective, they don't want to sit there and say, well, you know, they don't want to be so negative or, or so like, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of towing the line here. We're, we're riding tip the their hand the early, yeah. Yeah, don't want to tip their hand and, and don't want to say the wrong thing to the media, of course. So I think saying leaving the door open, that's that's huge to say at this point. But is there a realistic chance of it? I just don't know about that. I don't feel it in my bones, Cody. And I tend to trust my instinct when it comes to this stuff. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like it's likely. I mean, regardless of what, you know, they're saying, regardless of what, I mean, you were there in the locker room, you talked to Sean Payton a lot. Obviously, you you see talk it to up Russ. close. Like what do you talk to Russ exactly? So you know what these guys are what these guys are like, maybe what they're feeling. Like do you feel like Russ is going to be back in 2024? If I had to give just my own speculation, if I had to give a percentage, I'd say 70-30 that he's not. I think 70-30 that he's elsewhere. And I think that's overall the vibe that's really going on inside the organization right now as well. Even though they say the door is open, it's just 
at this point, I think we all have this belief here and, and just, and this is everything that Sean Payne's kind of given us the indication of is that he just doesn't believe that he can do what he wants to do or achieve the success he wants to achieve offensively with Russ as his quarterback. And Sean has every right to feel that way. We can't change that perspective. The fans can't change that perspective as well. Like the whole Russ and Sean conversation has gotten so toxic and so divisive amongst Broncos country. It's ugly. It makes me not want to engage in it at this point. So I think that the, the reality is Denver more than likely is going to look to part ways with Russ. Russ is likely going to end up elsewhere. And hey, I think the biggest thing here, if Russ does end up somewhere else and a team signs him, will that team take on at least half, right? And then Denver's going to pay the rest. Like that's the best case scenario here at this point from a financial standpoint for where Denver's at. And I think that's got to be the biggest hope for the team going forward as they look to find that flexibility. But George Payton did say that he and Rich Hurtado they have several things already planned, several different scenarios planned in the event of, you know, whatever this may happen, whatever that may happen. We don't know those exact scenarios because they're not going to tell us, but they have a plan. I'm very curious to see how that plan gets drawn out here in Broncos country. We are eager for your thoughts as well. What were your main takeaways from the Broncos end of the season press conferences with George Payton, Sean Payton and team CEO Greg Penner? How do you feel about the direction of the team now? And do you feel like things are going to be on track? Let us know here in the YouTube comments, or if you're listening on social media, wherever you get your podcast at Cody work NFL at Sarah Bettinger at locked on Broncos. But with that said, Broncos country will wrap things up here. Tomorrow's episode of the show, the Broncos signed several players to futures contracts. And on top of that, which players might be in the mix for an elevated role. We'll dive deeper into that on tomorrow's brand new episode, locked on Broncos.